Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show was made possible by our patrons, so if you would like to support us, we're at patreon.com slash twotownsover. If you can't afford monetary donations, we are also at facebook.com slash ttopod. If you would share us around and give us five-star ratings on whatever podcast you're into, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. If living in the 80s taught me anything, if it's bad, it must be Satan. Put more chemicals in the water. Happy Pride Month. And then grading responses? I don't like writing. Mm, okay. I do it. I'm okay at it. I just don't like doing I don't like doing it. I'll do it. Yeah. Fucking me too. <laughs> it's I don't even care if that's like a mind numbing job. Like I said, you just put music oh, on it. Exactly, that. man. Lo fi beats to study and chill to, and I am talking to an AI all day. I don't care. You're a little too neurotypical for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome to Two Towns Over Satanic Sundays. We are in the home stretch. Uh, we've just got uh, the second half of McMartin, and then we got three more weeks, and we are done. Yeah, with Satanic Panic, fucking on our way. Which literally means we will be more than a half a year. <laughs> yeah, we'll be ending That's this right in July. Which is I sad because re- I told the Chuddle Boys, I was like, we should be done by mid June, and now it's looking like we won't be done till the end of June. Yep, but. It's one of the episodes might come out in July. Yeah, actually. the last of the Satanic Panic episodes will. Yeah. And ironically enough, that July. would be Fourth of July weekend or that time period, and we'd be talking about QAnon. Fun, fun, so, fun! It fits. So I this love week, the way it ties up yep. like that. <laughs> so we are going to continue. We're just going to jump right in with the second That's, part. Yeah, where we left off. It had already been three years. Of the, pre-trial yep. bullshit. J- just over three years of the preliminary hearings for the trial uh charges against five of the seven were dropped and we are proceeding to day one well day before day one of the trial with ray bucky and peggy bucky and i told josh this off off uh, mike uh one of the interesting facts that i learned about this was that the person in the jail cell next to ray bucky in san quentin was none other than um richard ramirez the Night Stalker. I was say the Night Stalker. Yeah. One of the most famous, like, actual satanic serial killers. Yeah, and one of the reasons people freaked out so much about satanic yeah. panic. Yep. And so, I mean, that actually, that's a good tie-in, too, because that goes to show, because, again, everything about Richard Ramirez was coming out to the public yep. right around then, where, you know, like, Richard Ramirez had killed someone and then was leaving the room and turned to the person who was still alive and was like, say you love Satan. Yep. So a legal bombshell exploded before the trial was scheduled to begin in the courtroom of Judge William R. Pounders. Which, again, fantastic name, Judge Pounder. Independent filmmakers producing a documentary on the McMartin trial turned over to both the California Attorney General's Office 
and to defense attorneys copies of a taped interview with McMartin prosecutor Glenn Stevens. That's the guy who tuck tail and run. Well, I don't want to say tuck tail and run because that's like yeah. negative. He left the trial. Yeah, he protest. He left protest. in protest. We didn't do introductions. Oh shit. We didn't do nothing. That's Don. Yeah. That's Ruben. Yeah, yep. I'm still a sinister rubber ducky. Okay. So where uh, is my rubber ducky? Josh. Okay. Uh, Ruben okay, cool. has it for as you a. No, you can you can keep him. Just keep him safe. Security blanket. In the interview, Stevens acknowledged that children began embellishing and embellishing their stories of sexual abuse and said that as prosecutors, quote, we had no business being in court. Stevens also admitted on tape that prosecutors withheld potentially exculpatory information from defense attorneys, including evidence concerning the mental instability of the original complainant in the case, Judy Johnson, as well as evidence that Johnson's son was unable to identify Ray Bucky in a police lineup. Based on the revelations contained in the Stevens interview, defense attorneys moved the charges against Ray and Peggy Bucky be dismissed. But Judge Pounders denied the motion. Because, of course, he did. Mm-hmm. Because they're, again, politics at play in a big, big way. Right. And it just goes to show that... So, prelu- preliminaries over. Uh, a year and three months. Uh, sorry, a year and five months. Almost a year and a half. Or three, three and a half years, sorry, that uh, the preliminary hearings went on. And the day before the actual trials can even begin, everything has already been called into question. Right. But. So in many ways, the trial was a condensed version of the preliminary hearing. While the prosecution attempted to prove widespread sexual abuse of McMartin children, the defense tried to prove that the whole show was driven by a suggestive and overzealous interview techniques of the crusading therapists of CII, which is the Children's, Inst- Children's Institute, Institute International. International. Just to reiterate, yeah, because we're in a new episode, episode now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're still in the same room. <laughs> Nobody's left this room, nope. but... In addition to featuring two rather than seven defendants, there were fewer charges, fewer attorneys, and fewer witnesses. Still, by any means, it was a major trial. Before it was over, the prosecution would present 61 witnesses, including nine child witnesses, a jailhouse informant, parents, medical specialists, therapists, and even a woman who had previously had sexual relations with Ray Bucky. Literally. Anybody. <laughs> anybody. They're pulling in. No, don't hold back. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard enough outrage from Ruben yet this episode. We're too far in. Hold on, though. I have to Google something. I cannot fucking believe this. Yeah. I can, but, like, I can't. <laughs> like, they even called this man's ex-girl. <laughs> yeah. For real. Uh, I'm so curious. Uh, I can't find it. I'm trying to see what the most witnesses ever called in a trial was. Uh, I have to assume... That it was probably this. No, it's just trying to tell me about types of witnesses and shit. Uh, so I'm not going to spend any more time trying to Google this. So opening statements recording. in the McMartin trial began on July 14th, 1987. Deputy District Attorney Lael Rubin characterized the trial as the one about betray- betrayal of trust. Dean Gitz, or Jits, I don't know how you Gitz. Gitz. Attorney for Peggy Bucky described a case in which the children, the parents, and the McMartin teachers were all victims of an overzealous prosecutor. 
He told the jurors to consider that the McMartin Preschool operated for over 25 years without complaints, and that the prosecution, despite moving heaven and earth in a search for secret tunnels, pornographic pictures, semen, and buried animals, had turned up no hard evidence of any sexual molestation. Literally, I, I love that he used that line, too, because that, that is, I believe, a direct quote from his opening statement. Moved heaven and earth. Yeah. <laughs> they literally did. Yeah. They excavated. Mm-hmm. Machinery yeah. was brought. Experts were paid. Yes. Yeah. Teams of them. Like, damn. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars were spent searching for evidence that did not exist because some stupid fucking police chief sent out a letter. At the behest of a woman who was a known paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah. So, not to harp on this too much, because there are greater issues that played into this, but once again, this entire farce happened because of bad police work. Yeah. Not maliciously bad. Like the West Memphis was. But... No, just complete ineptitude. Yeah, I think, yeah. Complete ineptitude and uh, absolute lack of foresight and right. thought. Yeah, that... it was this one. It, it was this one? You found it? <laughs> yeah, I looked for a record with the most witnesses called in a trial, and everything that pops up is about McMartin. Yep. So not only is it the most expensive criminal trial in American history, it is the longest trial in uh, American history, and it is the one with the most witnesses called for the trial. Yeah, the the book I read, it it was written later in in time. Here's Uh, how unusual it is to have that many witnesses called. There's not even a fucking Wikipedia page about records of how many witnesses were called per trial. There's not a Wikipedia page about with a fucking chart. Like, there's not a Wikipedia page. I need you to understand (laughs) that there are people whose whole lives revolve around putting pedantic shit like that on Wikipedia, and it's not there. (laughs) But the the book I I read, uh, it had a lot more focus on Judy Johnson. Yeah. And okay, history. good, because I didn't find a whole lot about her, to be honest. And the way this all started, I don't want to get too far off into the into the weeds. Her son, I think his son's name is Aaron, I think. I was going to say, I, I specifically did not go oh. hunting for any of yeah. the names of the children well, to put in this. But one day, McMartin School, they're just, they're taking care of kids, mm-hmm. and there's this one kid that... They don't know who he is, why he's there. Right. And it's because she just dropped him off at the school and left because she had to take her other son to the doctor because her other son had cancer and she didn't know what to do. So she just left the kid there and they're like, look, if you want to bring him back, you're going to have to sign him up. Right. And so she did. And there was like this whole thing about her making payments and that's possibly why she started this whole thing was because she couldn't afford to pay the tuition or whatever. So there's a lot more behind Judy Johnson than just this. I mean, there's a lot. She's 
she was fucked in the head. See, I, I specifically did not dig into certain aspects like that because, again, I didn't want to... This trial is very, very interesting to me. Not everybody loves hearing about court records as much as I do, though. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't want this to turn into another three or four part episode. Yeah. I, I kept it to where it would be two relatively short parts yeah. of this. That's um, why I didn't want to get too far in the weeds. That's just that's how right, her exactly. introduction to McMartin happened. Yeah, that's and, interesting though. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's that's vital information. I wish I had dug a little bit deeper into that. Um, but I also it's I wanted to point out because, like I said, I specifically I did not go looking for any of the children's names. Uh, and I may be this. wrong. For some reason, the name Aaron's sticking in my head, and that might not be it. I don't it, remember. Maybe, but. maybe not. But uh, so let's see. It was 1983 that everything went down. Aaron Hutchison. Oh, that's why I'm thinking of Aaron. Yep. Sorry. Um, you were how old in 1983? 83. I was eight. So, the children who were brought to the stand in this case right around your age now <laughs> probably trying to live normal lives some of whom were probably so affected by this there that they kids, still believe they still that believe, this happened yeah, to that they, them that it happened to yes. them they believe that they they were flushed down toilets they and it goes to ruben's yeah. episode about you know implanted memories and stuff right like especially that. when you're a kid if somebody tells you over and over again this happened to you mm-hmm in a time when you're specifically trying to play pretend, yes, like that's a recipe for fucking disaster. Yeah. And the worst thing, and I don't know if you, and if I, if I josh you, I'm sorry. The worst thing about this whole thing is that there very well could have been sexual abuse. Yeah, there that's could what have I'm been, saying. But because it became Four, so out of 400 kids. Less than or uh, more than zero of them had definitely been affected by sexual abuse. Right. It's well, again, there were six for Out which the... actual physical evidence yeah. was found like... that they had been sexually abused. That was immediately accredited to this case, and the actual perpetrators were not looked for right. because they thought they already knew who did it. Yep, that's yeah, that's the worst bit because it's it's just incompetence it's just panic it's just the like you said i think last episode it's just the politics of the thing yeah ridiculous waste of time and money yep an incredible because again i'm gonna say the number again 15 million dollars that is taxpayer money and that is 15 million dollars in 1980s money Real quick conversion, uh, I'll just call it 1985, 15 million USD in 1985, worth today, that's about $42 million now. Jesus Christ. Yes. So if the trial were to have taken place today, we would be talking about uh, an amount of money that could... Honestly, change any town forever. And yeah. And based on the amount of time it took to spend that money, it could actually be closer to $50 million. Right. Yeah, quite probably. Because I just went ahead and took 1985 as as the median number here. I don't know if inflation was quite as bad back then. 
like at quite as quick. Yeah, I mean that's fair. In the middle but... of Reagan. So. Yeah, that's, that's right. Also Actually, we are in fair. the fucking middle of Reaganomics <laughs> for this. So, I... All right, so Daniel Davis. Att- that's okay. Uh, we'll go through another recession and it'll get better, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I can't wait for that housing bubble to pop. So Daniel Davis, attorney for Ray Bucky, said that he would offer again a common sense defense that would show his client to be the victim of suggestive interviewing techniques and a virtual witch hunt. The prosecutors, the prosecution's child witnesses ranging in age from 8 to 15 repeated many of their stories from the preliminary hearing. Jurors heard of the naked movie star game, Ray Bucky scaring the children into silence by executing a cat with a knife, and numerous graphic accounts of sexual abuse by both Ray and Peggy Bucky. Which, again, now that we're in the trial, uh, I want to point something out. All of the truly absurd shit uh, about the secret tunnels and the most of that doesn't actually really get addressed in the trial. It, it gets, How could it? It gets reduced to just being uh, these are daycare workers who were sexually assaulting and physically abusing children or scaring them by uh, executing a cat with a knife as oh. a line that Don is just about to read or just read. I'm not sure. <laughs> he just read it. Yeah. Uh, so, like, to me, this illustrates why the internet is both a good and terrible thing. Yes. Because it's terrible in that, well, it didn't exactly lead to Pizzagate, but it kind of led to Pizzagate being yeah. as big as it was. Mm-hmm. However, it also led to Pizzagate being immediately debunked with zero effort. Right. Right. It, it meant that instead of uh, Pizzagate being a mainstream conspiracy theory, it was a fringe conspiracy theory only and a believed fun by news people. story. Yeah, exactly. Only believed by people who were already so far gone down the fucking 4chan rabbit hole. You do realize when we do QAnon, I cannot help it. More than likely, the Alex Jones voice will come out at some point. Oh, I can't wait, actually. Yeah. I As much as I hate it... They're putting I, chemicals in the water to turn the freaking frogs gay! <laughs> I love Don's Alex Jones. I'm Pride sick Month. of it! <laughs> I'm not. Put more chemicals in the water. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> so, on cross-examination, the defense went to the tapes. It countered with evidence of contradictions between trial testimony and testimony at the preliminary hearing. Videotaped interviews in which the children denied that they were molested, and CII interviews revealing McFarland coaching children and rewarding, quote, right answers. You know what? Actually, tangent for real, for real. Pride Month. I was going to say, thank God you're going to go on a tangent because, whoo, this second section is way shorter than I thought it was. It's all good. <laughs> like, uh, if ever you feel disheartened during the month of June this month, just remember. Tucker Carlson got fired. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. <laughs> so the defense tried to produce a child witness of its own, the young boy who started the whole investigation rolling, the son of Judy Johnson. With Judy Johnson now deceased, the boy's father flatly told reporters that his son would testify, quote, over my dead body. Judge Pounders agreed with Johnson that trial testimony might prove too stressful for his son and declared the boy legally unavailable as a witness. How fucking convenient for the prosecution. Yeah. Because he literally couldn't even identify Ray Bucky. Right. So perhaps... Although his dad did definitely make the right choice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 100% on his dad's side uh, in saying that he shouldn't, because his dad probably fucking knew. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he did. 
there's no... I mean, she even if he didn't know before... He knew when she got diagnosed. And if they yes. were together no, the no, whole... they were divorced. That they... was a bitter fucking divorce. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. It, her, he would have known some of those symptoms, and if he assumed they got worse... Yeah. Like... I'm, I'm glad the... we're doing uh, the actual format that the show's supposed to be in right now, where I did a significant amount of research. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you also know more. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's supposed to be like. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, I'm single. I have time to research now. So, <laughs> so perhaps the key witness in the trial was CII therapist Key McFarlane. In her five weeks on the stand, McFarlane fought to defend her controversial interview techniques that included naked puppets, anatomically correct dolls, and telling children what other children had previously reported about sexual abuse at the McMartin School. Before McFarlane finished her le- lengthy testimony. Even Judge Pounders was expressing concern about her techniques. Outside of the presence of the jury, Pounders declared, in my view, her credibility is becoming more of an issue as she testifies here. And this is what I mean about this being uh, a foil for uh, the West, uh, Memphis. West Memphis 3 case. Because in the West Memphis 3 case, the judge just kept upholding uh, yeah. ridiculous evidence and... Uh, disregarding evidence that would actually contribute to the defense. I don't see, in in my opinion, why a psychotherapist would know anything about how a person's mind works. To me, that judge... Fuck, I lost it because the voice was too good. (laughs) God damn. What was I going to say? I thought it was so good to... <laughs> God, what were we a foil to West Memphis three? Oh, right. Um, that judge was ironically living the thug life by just fuck the law, like for real. You talking about Burnett? Uh huh. Oh, okay. Josh just walked away. That was something that happened during Chuddle the Pod when I was doing that. Both, both Sam, Sam just walked away. Sam got up and walked away, and at one point Ross had to get up and go check on his kid. And Brian's like, he's like, I'm sorry, you know, they're getting up and walking away. And I just laughed. I said, Reuben and Josh just get up without saying anything. So I'm used to that. Oh yeah, ADHD's a bitch. Guys, like for real. The difference is that the Chuddle guys uh, have families. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Josh just on a whim just suddenly jumps up and decides he needs to charge her. Well, my fucking laptop was gonna die. I'm, I the real professional thing to do would have been to have the charger the whole time. Yeah. The second most professional thing to do would be to plug it in before it dies. So yeah. the third most professional thing to do would have been to get up and get the charger after my laptop died and have to turn it all the way back on. This so. is true. So perhaps uh, the strangest testimony at the trial came from jailhouse informant George Freeman, Ray Bucky's cellmate and a nine-time felon and confessed perjurer. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring the guy into the courtroom. This this who's, is the guy who's known for lying to the court. Yes. Yes, this is how fucking desperate the prosecution is for this. And this is what I mean about this case, this trial Holy branching shit. into being comedic. 
It's, that's so fucking that is crazy. straight out of a fucking Monty Python skit. That's that's you know what, bud? That's out of blacklist or whatever. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and uh the prosecution is next calling a Mr. Perjurer. <laughs> Mr. Perjurer, please take the stand. Uh <laughs> calling quote, I actually did it. No really. <laughs> 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 So Freeman testified. <laughs> Mr. Will, Mr. Perjurer has asked me to read this statement. I was going to say. <laughs> Everything that I'm about to say is a lie. This statement also is a lie. So Freeman testified that Bucky had admitted to him that he... Sir, did you write this note to your wife? <laughs> Quote... I killed the bitch. End quote. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Like, like, <laughs> god damn. So Freeman testified that Bucky had admitted to him that he sexually molested children at the McMartin school and elsewhere, had a long-standing incestuous relationship with his sister, shipped pornographic materials to Denmark, and had buried incriminating photos of himself and children in South Dakota. Powerful evidence, if true, but the defense succeeded in showing that Freeman had almost <laughs> zero credibility. <laughs> big if true. <laughs> Thank Let's you. literally big if true. <laughs> I'm literally dancing. That was I. I felt that was I felt the autistic urge to dance because that made me giggle. I was. <laughs> what? It, say that sentence again, please, because you did it uh, immaculate. I may not do it immaculate again. Powerful evidence, if true. But the defense succeeded in showing that Freeman had almost zero credibility. Oh, damn. Uh, can you... I'm sorry. I, this, I don't do this often. But can you read the whole thing about what he had supposedly done? Freeman testified that Bucky had admitted to him that he sexually molested children at the McMartin School and elsewhere. Had a long-standing incestuous relationship with his sister. Shipped pornographic materials to Denmark. And had buried incriminating photos of himself and children in South Dakota. Powerful evidence, if, if true. true. And so I didn't have this in the script either, but uh, th this guy, the what, what was his name? Uh, George Freeman. Um, he was promised nothing for testifying. In this. No, he, he just likes lying. Exactly. <laughs> Perjury is just his favorite thing. <laughs> I just love lying. <laughs> <laughs> He was not promised any sort of special deal or privileges during his time in prison because he was already, like, in prison for life, I believe. Why are you in jail for life? Oh, I lied to the court, like, 12 times. Like, <laughs> But actually, it was 11, and that was also a lie, but now it's 12. <laughs> so, abruptly shifting gears, Ray Bucky was a believer in pyramid power. Again, this whole section, actually, straight from the uh, the article, they just randomly switched gears into Ray Bucky believing in pyramid power. This <laughs> is straight from, what yes, is pyramid I'm gonna get power. Uh, which he that said, sounds like a fucking anime. Pyramid to power. <laughs> so he believed in pyramid power, which he said has a powerful effect on all living things. The belief that pyramids are powerful, that if you have pyramids... Oh, okay. Just the, the structure of yeah. the pyramid holds oh. power. I got it. I got it. Whole, no, I get uh, it. No, for real, though. I believe that about circles in my real life. 
Oh, sure. Not like I couldn't do alchemy. Right. But I just think they're a great representation of a whole bunch of crazy shit. Anyway, continue. So the prosecution wanted jurors to know about Bucky's fashion fascination with pyramids. They wanted them to know that Bucky... Uh, I, I just think they're cool. <laughs> yeah, they pretty wanted much. Them, they wanted them to know that Bucky drove around Los Angeles wearing a pyramid hat and that he hung a pyramid over his bed. He just really liked Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yeah, just a diehard Yu-Gi-Oh fan. The prosecution argued that the pyramid evidence undercut Peggy Bucky's argument that she would never hire an unfit teacher at the McMartin preschool. Does it? Um, does it? Real quick, uh, I cut this out when I was uh, bringing in the the sections that I I wanted read about or from from the famoustrials.com article. Um, after this bit about the the pyramid evidence in parentheses it says a personal note the actual pyramid hat introduced in the bucky trial now resides in my office it came boxed in a set of trial records and exhibits donated to the umkc law school by bucky's defense firm i almost never wear the hat <laughs> I that's love... how you live your life to the fucking fullest I that's the shit i love this website so much that that's why i ended up just taking so much of it directly from this website you're I've... gonna have to tell us the name of this writer at the end of the article oh let me i because i that's a i that's a that's a that you earned a shout out whoever you are uh looks like Professor Douglas O. Linder. So this is a professor. <laughs> hey, shouts out, Professor Pro- Douglas. That Pro- shit. That's yes, one hundred prof. Yep, one hundo. Like uh, that said, Professor Douglas. Uh, when I was uh, taking parts of this article, I did have to correct several typos. Oh, so so prosecutors also argue that the pyramid obsession made more credible <laughs> one child's testimony. I, listen. As well as I can speak, if that's why I don't let y'all read my scripts. Because <laughs> like, well, I do. I I have ADHD, so I do go back and correct all of them as I make them. Uh huh. But it's often like it's a lot of time is spent just right clicking on words that I <laughs> fucked up. Like, because my fingers move too fast. Yeah. My brain wants to say the word. My fingers want to type it, and my brain goes yeah. way faster than my hands. Oh, dude, I was like kind of angry about some stuff when i first started writing and like i would be typing a sentence and then i would look at it and like the names would be people that i was mad about <laughs> i'm like oh wait, wait no 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 yeah <laughs> yeah yep sometimes i'll have random like r- like random pop-in thoughts that i'm just like writing like and then Dr. Lawrence passed her cheesecake. Blah, blah, blah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like mad about some shit that happened at work, and it was a customer whose name I knew, and I like written the customer's name in the script. I'm like, no, it is not wine lady who <laughs> manipulated these children. Well, I mean, Kim McFarland might be a wine lady. Yeah. She does give me wine lady vibes. Yeah. So prosecutors also argued that the pyramid obsession made more credible one child's testimony that Ray was involved in satanic-like rituals. Judge Pounders agreed to let the jury hear the pyramid evidence. Jesus it's, Christ. I think literally Professor Professor Douglas O. Linder just 
included that so that he could shout out the fact that he owns the pyramid hat. One hundo, dude. And imply that he sometimes wears it. Again, (laughs) that is how you live your life to its greatest extent. Yes. Is you just enjoy shit like that. Like... Truly an icon. Don gave me a fucking One Piece flag. And it is literally... Like, I have my setup, Don. I want you to know this. My TV is right here. Yeah. I have my roll my this type of chair like right here to play my games. And TV right here is the flag. <laughs> like I it's literally directly next to the TV and like right outside my bathroom door so that I can see it every time I I it's literally it is directly across from where my head is when I sleep so that when I wake up I see it first thing. <laughs> So pyramids were connected to another goal of the prosecution. The prosecution wanted to show that Bucky did not have normal sexual relations with women and therefore, they contended, was more likely to be a pedophile. And I know I'm getting myself off track here, but every time I say Bucky, I think of the fucking store. I Bucky's, was thinking of Bucky yeah, Barnes. Yeah, I, I picture the squirrel. The I picture the squirrel every yeah. single time. So, um, investigator, he... He, I don't, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, I gotta be honest though, I did, when I was looking at pictures from the trial and everything, uh, Bucky does bear a very slight resemblance to Chuck Norris. So when that kid picked Chuck Norris out of a photo lineup. Nobody bears a resemblance to Chuck Norris because don't, when don't Chuck do, Norris, nope, don't do that don't do Chuck that Norris was no, born don't he broke the mold Chuck Norris don't do that praise Chuck Norris don't don't praise Chuck Norris he's an asshole I know he's an asshole I'm just saying I'm Said not praising him nasty homophobic shit I know I'm not praising him I'm just making the stupid meme we do him about Bruce Lee now okay yeah but Bruce Lee deserves it uh, I always was on that. I was always on that shit. <laughs> we replaced hey, Chuck Norris with Bruce Lee a long time ago. Fucking, here's the thing that y'all might not know. I, I don't know if I've said this even one time ever in my life, but my dad is black. And um, <laughs> I don't know if y'all noticed, but black That's people why. really fuck with Bruce Lee. <laughs> like, like, that, I, like, I like John Wick less than my dad likes Bruce Lee. My dad says a lot. Loves Bruce Lee and Indiana Jones and all them shit. Star Wars. So hyped for the new indie movie. No, he's oh, he's like me. Okay, like like to him, the new indie movie is Boruto, Naruto Next Generation. I got. I don't give a fuck. I watched Naruto and Shippuden. I read the manga. I'm done. Like (laughs) that's it. I don't care. Um, he's like that. So he's like, he likes his original trilogy and like young Indiana Jones for some reason. Um, yeah. And like Star Wars, he loves the original trilogy and he doesn't give a shit about any else of um, none of it. None of the rest of it. He doesn't care. So investigators from the DA's office tracked down a Montana woman who had met Bucky at a pyramid convention in Reno seven years earlier. The woman told investigators that she tried to seduce Bucky, but that her attempts were unsuccessful. So unfortunately for the prosecution, the strategy backfired. After talking with defense lawyers, the woman, Barbara Goles, changed her story. No. Called as a defense witness, she testified that she lied to investigators to protect my reputation. Not mine personally, I forgot. Two, 
to, quote, protect my reputation, end quote. She didn't know me. So Gold said that she was about to be married at the time and had her fiancé and future children to think about. Goals told jurors that the truth was she did indeed have sexual relations with Bucky at the Fantasy Inn in South Lake Tahoe. She also testified that after watching Bucky interact with small children, she was sure that there was, quote, no possibility that Bucky could have molested children. After her testimony, prosecutor Leo Rubin fumed. She's lying, she told reporters. I'd never say that. <laughs> this lady is straight out of central casting. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> he literally called bad actors. She, she literally yeah. called bad actors. Yeah. yeah. So media attention peaked when the defendants themselves took the stand. When asked, Wow. What inspired. <laughs> For the 80s? So media attention was peaked when the defendants took the stand. When asked whether she ever molested those children, Peggy said never. Ray also denied each and every prosecution charge, including ones the defense saw as ridiculous. He denied, for example, ever killing a horse with a baseball bat, as one child had testified. He noted that he was not even teaching at the school during many of the times in which he was accused of abusing children. In cross-examination, Prosecutor Leo Rubin kept hammering Bucky with questions, questions that some saw as irrelevant. She succeeded in getting Bucky to admit that sometimes he did not wear underwear and that he owned several sexually explicit adult magazines. She also accused Bucky of fabricating his... Keyword being adult. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. She also accused Bucky of fabricating his sexual relationships with goals in order to hide his attraction to children. So on November 2nd, 1989, after nearly 30 months of testimony, the case went to the jury. The jury spent another two and a half months deliberating its verdicts. On 52 of the 65 charges against the two defendants, some charges were dropped during the trial, including all of the charges against Peggy Bucky, the jury returned an acquittal. On the 13 remaining charges against Ray Bucky, the jury announced that it was hopelessly deadlocked. Jury for four-person Luis Chang explained the, uh, explained the vote, saying the interview tapes were too biased, too leading. That's the main crux of it. Another juror told reporters whether I believe he did it or whether it was proven are very different. Judge Pounders offered his own appraisal of the verdict, saying, it was, I was not surprised by the verdicts. I would not have been surprised at any decision the jury made. Which, to clarify, it may sound absurd, given everything that we've heard. It doesn't, though. It makes kind of sense a little bit. That the jury would be deadlocked yeah. on any of it. And, you know, given that we're just coming out of the West Memphis trial, uh, it's, yeah. Because people can't fucking there, let go. There were some other, like, really weird pieces of evidence that were introduced. Um, like the fact that apparently uh, Peggy Bucky once uh, checked Ray, Buggy for, Ray Bucky for an erection and discovered that he did not have one. <laughs> I don't remember the full context of that. Yeah, uh, that got talked about in a student's verdict that I listened to. Um, that was super fucking weird, and I'm sure the jurors thought so too. Uh, there was also one instance where apparently a uh, female student, a young girl, had grabbed uh, Ray Bucky's crotch, and he immediately yanked her hand away and talk to her about how she should not do that because that's a private place for people and you should never do that. Um, 
but the prosecution kept harping on uh look all that matters is that a student's want a student once grabbed his crotch and he doesn't wear underwear no and there was this whole really weird line of questioning with his mother and she was so fucking blunt she was having no bullshit in this trial because she was like in like her 60s or 70s yes. and in a wheelchair yeah she was having none of it so they hit they kept hitting her with this bizarre line of questioning based around the fact that ray bucky just doesn't like to wear underwear like they also uh brought in his father for questioning yeah i believe and uh they were asking him weird questions like did you ever uh walk into your son's room and find him lying naked on his bed surrounded by pornography he's like no what <laughs> and the the questions that they were asking peggy bucky were like um do you believe that it would be easier for him to get an erection uh because he doesn't wear underwear and she's like no every single question they asked her she's just like no no absolutely not never no every single question She's just shaking her fucking head on the stand having absolutely none of it well one thing that it i'm not saying you know one of the reasons, one of the things about Ray Bucky was he was a surfer. Okay. And he was known that once he got off work, he would just bolt down to the beach, hit the waves, or first thing in the morning would go down, surf for a little while. If you're a surfer and you're like just immediately running out, uh-huh. you're probably wearing like swim trunks. Yeah. So you don't wear underwear under swim trunks. Right. So it's not that he didn't some like wearing of, underwear. Some of you don't. Well. That's I some I sometimes will wear, but I'm always afraid that my uh, swim trunks will like come off they shall betray me <laughs> I don't trust them i don't trust them i don't trust that stupid fucking little net in there i, I cut that net out yeah you cut that shit out i cut that net out josh that's the blackest shit you've ever said is it yes oh my god oh I my god this was a cultural thing yes <laughs> oh maybe it's the most southern thing because that's maybe. oh maybe. man Oh man, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they really should just invent swimming boxers. Wait, I almost didn't want to admit it at first because I was like, so, some people are like, "You wear boxers under your swim trunks?" Yes, bitch. Like you're goddamn right, I do. I I've, extra I'm, safe. I am loud and out about it now. Fuck it, boxers under swim trunks every single time. I don't care what anyone says. Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe I'm living my truth. I grew up in the '80s. I just I, I trust the net. I've never had a problem with the net. Mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So child can't tr- <laughs> you can't trust everything you see on the net. I started doing it for tactile reasons, probably because of the tiny bit of autism. But like, it's better. <laughs> it's just better. It, it's all yeah. It is just uncomfortable. Yeah, that it, the texture of the net. It it's just bad against my dick. I <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I do not like it. So child protection groups and parents pressured prosecute. You love these fucking alliterations, don't you? Uh, hey, listen again, straight from straight from famous trials.com. Child protection groups and parents pressured prosecutors has to be a P uh, to retry Ray Bucky on the charges you on which the first jury deadlocked. Send a strongly worded letter to Professor Linder. Mention so, that the the hat thing. This is nice. Yeah, please definitely mention the hat. So 500 uh, people. Oh. But yeah, no, uh, again, um, 
I want to harp on that real quick. They are doing a second trial. They are retrying him on yeah. the charges that the jury was deadlocked on. Right. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous, especially considering uh, the high, the foresight that I have about uh, how this uh, second trial ends. I was just going to mention that. I did a brief Google, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh, and it showed me that. So we are all aware of the dramatic irony. Indeed. <laughs> So, uh, 500 people, including many McMartin parents, marched through the streets of Manhattan Beach carrying signs. You should not have pointed out the alliteration to me, bud. Why? Because now that's all I can hear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Marched through the streets of Manhattan Beach carrying signs such as, We Believe the Children. One McMartin yeah, parent. This is this. I mentioned it before. I know. As soon as you said it, I was thinking that, but I figured. Yeah. Like come up. you say, believe the children, but you only believe the children after you have coached them on what to say. Yep. And like literally brainwashed them. It's this is this kind of plays into what you were talking about earlier, where the internet is both the best and the worst thing, because. They didn't have access to all of the details here. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't know that this was all originally brought about by what was literally, I don't think I'm being insensitive by saying it was schizophrenic ramblings. Right. That may have been motivated by lack of ability to pay for childcare, which is its own issue. And something I don't know. I mean, we're almost done here. I I was, we're close to the end, so yeah. if, if you haven't seen it now, I probably don't have it. A lot of the McMartin parents mm-hmm. all went to the same church also. Mm. I forget the name of the church off the top of my head, but it was, but there was a church that they all gathered. That's where they would all meet to discuss all of this. So it was all kind of this just small religious group of people. Right. And that's where the whole Satanism angle started to, to make its play. You know, I honestly think if they had taken the Satanism out, uh-huh. And just straight with the child molestation. I honestly don't know if Bucky would have gotten away with it. Or not got away, you know what I mean. Would have gotten uh, acquitted. Right. Because it's easier to prove child molestation mm-hmm. than it is to prove that it's a satanic. Right. And wow. so, no, I get what you're saying. Without the satanic element, it might have been grounded enough in the accusations yeah. that they would have just believed it whether they get him on all 385 charges or not right. but even a few if not saying he did it i'm no. not saying he i'm saying that it would be easier to prove no that. yeah you're right you're right 100 percent. like if they had taken out the mystical mumbo jumbo of it uh-huh and just made it about and if they had been suc- more successful in suppressing some of the crazier shit like the secret tunnels and the not the fact that they aren't there yeah um like i would imagine that if if it had happened that way we nowadays would be talking about well do you think he did it yeah right you know yeah exactly even the story when the, the the story about them being in the church or maybe it was in the church but they were doing something and one of the kids said that some of the teachers were flying around the room. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she also said that uh, Ray and Peggy Bucky could fly. Yeah. That was one of the accusations against them. So. Against? Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, though. I, I get it. The, the addition of all the truly absurd shit added enough absurdity that it was clear to everybody that it wasn't true. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not saying that I think even if they had done all that stuff, that it would have not 
that he wouldn't have gotten acquitted. Right. But it is a high likelihood, higher, way higher chance that he would have gone to jail for the prison for the rest of his fucking life. Yeah. So one McMartin parent called the verdict in the first trial a crime, almost equal to the crime that occurred outside the courtroom. A television poll showed showed 87% of respondents. I remember maybe a documentary. It would have to be because this is 89 before you were born. Or maybe like. Unless your mom had was hooked up with Wi-Fi, you know, in the womb. No, no, <laughs> no. But I, I think maybe I, we, maybe, maybe we watched it. Oh, oh. We I watched some of this uh, for high school. Psych really? One. Yeah, we were talking. That's interesting, actually. Yeah, well, I had a very progressive teacher. Nice. Um, shouts out to Miss. Oh fuck, I can't remember her her last name now. It used to be Miss Watson, but shouts out to Miss Lena Watson slash. Oh oh yeah yeah. I know she she changed her name. She either got married or I don't remember, but. I don't really keep up with anybody from that time period. I just remember her from then. Mm-hmm. So, I had a tangent. I had one of my favorite teachers ever in uh, Colorado. She was our science teacher, and uh, it was for our biology. What 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 was that? What did you just? I was pretending I was going to slip my throat. I don't know why. It was an intrusive thought. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly why. It was an intrusive thought, and your fucking hand went faster than your brain did. Don picked up my Megalodon tooth bottle opener and acted like he was going to slit his throat with the <laughs> the Megalodon tooth because it's kind of jagged. The Darkwater Megs would not want that as their, as their primary marketing. Literally, no. it was just a... Oh, that would work way more as a blunt object. Oh, than... yeah. Oh, yeah. Thing's fucking heavy. It um, is surprisingly heavy. It's bone, effectively. Uh, yeah, I... but I always forget how fucking heavy bones are. I know. It's, I had this science teacher in Colorado, and it was for biology. It was the unit where we were finally being taught about, in school, the theory of evolution. Yeah. This was a teacher... Uh, who I already loved because... Oh, uh, when did you start school in Colorado? Oh, God, I was there for 8th, ninth, and 10th grade. Ah, I w- so... Where did you go before that? Where did I go before that? Yeah. Alabama, bud. Okay, yeah. So, I see. Most of us got that way ahead of time. Yeah. So... That would have been my uh, 10th grade year. I think we were getting... Uh, Wow. Yeah, we were getting the evolution. Wow. Um, but I loved this teacher already because I was just starting my punk phase at this point. So I would always be coming in in like uh, the Clash t-shirts or Rancid or No Effects, suicidal tendencies. And she would always... Oh, that one would not fly in modern schools, but... No? No. <laughs> no. no. Suicidal <laughs> tendencies? No. Uh, she would always see him and she'd be like... Like, low-key, because I was usually, like, relatively early to class, she'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, she would mouth, fuck yeah, and point at my shirt. And the first time she did it, I was like, I had walked in wearing a NoFX shirt that had, like, a big skull on it. And it said, like... Shouts out to that teacher. (laughs) That's excellent. It said, like, making bad punk music since 1983 or something like that on it. And she was like, oh, I like your shirt. And I was like, what are you, like... 
does that mean you hate it? Like, because it's a big skull? And she was like, no, I love no effects. I think I still have some of their, uh, are you giving this to me so you can't have it anymore? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was like, no, I think I still have some of their uh, cassettes. And I was like, huh? <laughs> One of the most respectable people I know. But so anyway, when we started our unit on the theory of evolution, she like pulled up a chair and sat in it backwards in front of the class and was more serious than she had ever been in class ever. She was like, what we are about to learn is not up for debate. If you want to get a note from home that says you don't learn this unit, then get a note from home that says you don't learn this unit. But it will be on the test. It is important that you learn it. And she just fucking laid out the facts. She's like, what we are going to learn is an unproven theory. And she, like, debunked all of the, well, we don't come from monkeys. She was like, the theory is that we come from a common ancestor with monkeys. She fucking laid it flat out for the whole class. And, like, no one had shit to say. Nobody got a note. Nobody said anything. And uh, it was actually why I know as much as I do about Darwin. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> tell- no, you're good. I was just thinking that Darwin is somewhat responsible for the extinction of the Galapagos turtle. Oh, sure. And other stuff, but like... So a television poll showed 80, 87% of respondents thought that the Buckies were guilty. Wow. District Attorney Ira Reiner signed off on the retrial. Two new prosecutors were assigned to the case, Joe Martinez and Pamela Ferrero. The second trial also saw a new judge. Following a successful motion by defense attorney Daniel Davis to have Judge Pounders removed from the case. Pounders expressed relief at the development, stating, I'm finally free after three years and three months. I was honestly <laughs> afraid I couldn't live through it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Damn. Superior Court Judge Stanley Weisberg was assigned to replace Pounders. The second trial was a much more focused proceeding involving only eight counts of molestation and three children. The prosecution presented its entire case in just 13 days compared to 15 months in the first trial and offered only 11 witnesses. One of the witnesses was a mother who, on the stand, glared at Ray Bucky and announced, I'm so angry at you, I could kill you right now. The prosecution chose not to call CII interviewer Key McFarland. Instead, McFarland was called as a defense witness. This is the part that I think is the funniest in the entire story it's so good that like after i finished writing the script last night uh ruben and i played a little bit of Fortnite together and sure did. i had to spoil this for ruben <laughs> because it is so fucking good to me that in the retrial key mcfarlane was not called by the prosecution but called by the defense that means she fucked up so bad <laughs> She destroyed her credibility so much that they called her as proof that the fucking shit that she was saying happened did not happen. Yes. The prosecution did not want her in the courtroom. So they did not call her. So in turn, the defense called her because they wanted to make sure that the jury saw how hard she was leading those kids. Which is why I said it at the beginning, and I will say it again, Key McFarlane is the villain in this story. She is the only person here who actually did harm to children. 
actively and on purpose. Yes. Yeah, and knowingly. So the jury, uh, the jury deliberations after three months, the three month trial was described by one juror as excruciating. The jury ended its deliberations deadlocked on all eight counts. The jury leaned toward acquittal on six of the counts and leaned towards conviction on only one count. Following the mistrial resulting from this deadlock, District Attorney Reiner chose not to retry Bucky a third time and all charges against him were dismissed. And also, I want to take note there, look how far we've come. Uh, it was how many counts that they were being charged with in the beginning? 100 and something, or 300 and something? 384, I think yeah. it was. Uh, so I think that number 384 was actually a, a bogus number that was said by uh, one of the lead prosecutors or the district attorney who was like out touting uh, how serious this case was yeah. uh, to the press. Mm. And, but you know, a fucking ridiculous number. They brought that down to six. Right. And still couldn't get a conviction. Six. And they could not get a conviction for one. And even five of those six were a flat out, pretty much the, the, the jury was leaning towards acquittal on those counts. There was right. only one where they slightly leaned towards uh, conviction. conviction. Yeah. So the Martin preschool abuse trial was costly in many ways. In monetary terms, it cost taxpayers over $15 million, which as we discussed last episode, that's the equivalent of about $40 million today. Yeah. For the defendants, the cost of the trial included long terms in jail. Ray Bucky himself spent five years in jail before being released on bail. Loss of homes, loss of jobs, loss of life savings, and a stigma that might never leave. The children, too, were victims. Ray Bucky, in a CBS interview, said, Those poor children went through hell, but I'm not the cause of their hell, and neither is my mother. The cause of their hell is the adults who took this case and made it what it was. Parents, too, suffered. Many felt betrayed by the justice system. The community of Manhattan Beach was another victim, left uneasy and polarized by the long investigation and judicial proceedings. The effects of the McMartin trial even extended beyond the state of California. Across the country, daycare providers resisted the temptation to hug or touch touch children, contact almost all child experts say children need, out of a fear that their actions might be interpreted as signs of abuse. Many daycare centers were forced to close their doors after insurance companies, fearing molestation lawsuits, dramatically raised liability insurance rates. Early publicity surrounding the Martin investigation also spawned a rash of charges against daycare providers elsewhere many of which proved to be unsubstantiated. That's what you were mentioning yeah. earlier. There are many lessons to be learned from the McMartin preschool trial. When the Manhattan police chief sent his letter warning of possible abuse at the school, he should have known that hysteria, massive press attention, and pressure to convict at all costs would follow. The case also illustrates the problems that come when police and prosecutors leap to conclusions. Blinders get put on. Evidence that normally might cause a re-examination of assumptions get ignored. There are lessons for police and prosecutors, but there are also lessons for the media. The McMartin case was hounded by, quote, pack journalists, journalists publishing stories slanted heavily toward the prosecution. The journalists churned out sensational headlines day after day and almost never seriously questioned allegations. Their actions helped turn the McMartin trial into the expensive fiasco that it became. Finally, there was the collateral damage. Damage. In the wake of McMartin and other trials, many daycare centers around the country adopted new policies. 
these policies strictly limited physical contact between teachers and children. Which is pretty much what the previous paragraph said. But yeah. again, that was taken directly from the the article, which again, amazingly well-written article. I left certain parts of it out um, and added certain other parts that um, were my own opinions and things that I had found. But... Um, yeah, huge, huge props to uh, Professor Douglas O. Linder, who made that amazing article on uh, famous-trials.com. Yeah. That's where a, a big, big portion of what you heard today was read directly from that. Uh, so go and check that out, too, if you want to see the full story. Also, check out um, uh, the Student Verdict podcast that uh, put me onto that source, um, a source that I'm definitely using anytime we cover any more famous uh, legal cases. And also, if you're interested still, after us beating it like a dead horse, uh, the West Memphis Three Trials are on there as well. Yeah, uh, I want to say... transcripts. Yes, so. yeah. Uh, actually, incredible, incredible resource. Uh, I can't get over it. I actually want to see real quick uh, if the... Amanda Knox trial is on here. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they go all the way up to um, like the Zimmerman Trayvon Martin trial in 2013. They've got George Floyd's trial on here. Um, a trial of Amanda Knox, 2009. Yep, there it is. Fuck, I'm going to read that just for fun. <laughs> Yeah, I it's mean, not, not like for you fun. Could, yeah. It's tragic. But <laughs> well, I mean, but it's also that you could read it, I don't know, for researching for a podcast you're on, maybe. Well, I already know most of that case. <laughs> so that wraps it up. We are, the end is in sight. We have three more episodes after this for the Satanic yes. Panic. And then we'll go back to our normally scheduled bullshit. Uh, which, of course, we're going to be kind of introducing a we're gonna give that a format like a month or so before. are we just just because we have to sit down and actually decide how we're gonna work that okay we'll so, workshop it yeah we have to workshop it so we're gonna give them a few weeks of just your normal bullshit all right you know a serial right, killer right, or right. a haunted house or a creepypasta just something that to clear our palates before we throw something completely new as much as i want to like start writing for the Amanda Knox one right now. Uh, we're going to have to give it a hot second before we do another trial <laughs> episode. <laughs> Cause man, oh man, we have spent weeks and weeks on yeah. trials at this point. Yeah. Yeah, we have, we need it. We need a good old fashioned. That's, we need a stupid fake haunting story yeah, yep. or an alien abduction story. Oh yeah. A yeah. cryptid maybe. Zombies maybe. A poltergeist. Something, like yeah, something yeah. just. We need a palate cleanser. Yeah, we, we, need a, we need a cryptid. Yeah. I think that's what we need. We need to do Bigfoot and get Ethan on the show. It is about that time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's been almost two years now. And we still have not talked about the Big Feats. No, we haven't. No, we just... I think the only cryptid we've talked about is Mothman. We did Mothman. We did Skinwalkers. No, we didn't. Or uh, Wendigos? Wendigo, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's considered... A Wendigo a is a Skinwalker. No, it's not. No. A skinwalker is actually... is not a cryptid. It is a Native American medicine oh, man. Oh, that's right. Because the Wendigo is, like, specifically... Yeah. 
basically that's, hunger personified. Yeah, that's it's largely this, like a, a West Virginia one. No. If you want to find out more about it, listen to our episode. The, the Wendigo is like the Northwest woods, like Canada and that area. I, I know there's like there's been a concentrated number of sightings of them in West Virginia or something. There's like a concentrated that. sighting of every cryptid in West Virginia. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up. I do want to tell you guys. We also did the Beast of Gévaldon. That's a Gévaldon. Werewolf. I don't really count that as a cryptid. That's what a cryptid is, Don. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay, fine. Gévaldon. But to me, Gévaldon. But yeah, okay, yeah, the beast is Gévaldon. Yeah, but werewolves themselves, no. Yeah, that's not a cryptid because it's a human. A cryptid no, is no, no. A werewolf is is no longer human. It is a man wolf. That's the. It's a magical creature. That's the definition of a cryptid. Okay. Uh, I spoke because we mentioned <laughs> them last week. It's funny because to us it was last week, but to the the. I guess the, I don't remember which one. Either whatever one. it uh, happened, we you listened. Yeah, we mentioned the um, plant babies. Yeah, he yes. shouts out plant babies, and I reached out to our contact Kaylee. Our contact. Well, <laughs> our contact with the plant babies. Yes. Yeah. The plant um, mom. She no longer works at the grow. Uh huh. Um, not going to get into why, but she no longer works there. Um. And I mentioned, I jokingly said, well, we won't um, stop shouting out those plant babies. But she asked us to continue because one of them is still working. One of the three uh-huh. is still working there and uh, they need all the love that they can get. So shout out to the plant mom who's still with the plant babies. We know you still listen. Um, and uh, just wanted to let you guys know that they're doing okay. That they're still around. The plant babies still exist. Good. Um, good. Very good. And they still listen to us. So... They still need Uncle Ruben's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shout out to our patrons. Yes. Uh, I actually, I had a great long conversation with one of our patrons in the Discord about video games the other night. Yeah, Yeah, our newest patron. There are so many fucking names. That I don't around. go on the Discord. Don and I just shared like the longest look where we were both like, say his name. It was, say his name. I know his last name was Ashburn, but I keep thinking Arthur because of Arthur Ash. Bradley. Bradley Ashburn. Bradley. Sorry, it's nothing personal, man. No, There's it's so not. many fucking names in my head. It's especially when, when I'm talking to people in the Discord, I'm looking at their profile pictures. Yeah, and, and nobody uses their real name on their profile on uh, right. Discord. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, to me, you are picture of woman with glasses or picture of man with beard. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, I don't know exactly. who you are. So, yeah, whatever. I, I had a great conversation with him. I like talking to you guys in the Discord. Uh, when I happen to look at the Discord and somebody mentions something that I want to talk yeah, about, yeah, he talks on the Discord, but he won't answer a fucking message you send in Messenger. It's because I read it. I does it justify a response immediately? Yes, or it, it's a flowchart. It's a flowchart. Oh, for me, it's, there have been just... times I have asked an actual question of you. Okay, if that's the case, then on on the flowchart, it's did I see it come through before I cleared notifications? If no, then I did I didn't see it at all. So I just need to start pushing them. If if you don't respond in a day or two, just like nah, I've got push notifications turned off, bud. 
I I never try to message you really. <laughs> you have my number. You can text me. I yeah. always see my text. If I if I go a full twenty four hours and it's a question that actually needs a response, send me uh, an emoji of. If you're a person who's like, but I've texted you and you haven't responded, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If if it's I either a, blame that on I don't really want to speak or or did it justify a response? The flowchart said no, and then it kicked the ADHD kicked in, and I forgot. Send me send me an emoji of a cheeseburger. If I go more than twenty four hours and it actually needs a response, send me an emoji of a cheeseburger, and I'll note that, that means I need to reply immediately. Why a cheeseburger? Because it's the first thing that came to mind. I think I'm gonna have a cheeseburger for dinner. Okay. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I was thinking as we started this second episode. We were still kind of emotionally up, uh huh, from doing the other episode back to back. Yeah, and if we had done it like the second part next week, uh huh, you know, we would have started back down here and had yeah. to work back up to anger. Could you imagine if we had done all of West Memphis? If we had just decided that we were we, just going to marathon in no universe, in no universe, did I that happen? Would have actually died. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's barely a joke. Like I, I think I may have had a stroke. My <laughs> my deposit on this place would be gone. I would have burst because, a fucking vessel. Yeah, we we would have been punching holes in the fucking walls. I wouldn't punch holes in your walls. No, I would. You could. You could though, because I would have also done it, and that would be permission free. If I do it in my house, you can do it in my house. So that's a fair rule. That that's where we would have been. I would have mentally. Well, I, yeah, I would have broken my hand or something, man. Like I, wow. So that's a little behind the scenes for you, for you listeners. If we ever do a two part episode where it's like something hardcore, if we start the second episode already ramped up, know that we recorded it all in one day. If we start low key and then we're like, oh yeah, and get back in there, then you know that it's the second week. As we have been in the studio for damn near five hours. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. I really need to get going before it gets dark. So I don't yep. get a ticket. So we're going to wrap this shit up. Uh, I have been Don. I forgot. <laughs> I have been Josh, a.k.a. the most sinister rubber ducky. Oh, yeah. And fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Shout, Shout out, to plant out, out to the plant babies. Be good to yourself. Happy Pride Month. Thanks Happy for, Pride Month. Thanks for coming to our town or whatever. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.